Shalom and welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Carl Whitehead. At the end of my previous podcast, I was discussing the implications of Bereshit 25.21. So that's the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verse 21. In relation to the prayers of Yitach and his wife Revka. And the verse is read in the English as such. And Yitach prayed to Hashem opposite his wife because she was barren. And Hashem responded to his prayer and Revka, his wife, conceived. You may recall that I pointed out that the word that is translated as and he prayed, which is vayetar, in the Hebrew, is mirrored in the response to prayer attributed to Hashem. And the Hebrew word for that is vayetar, and he responded to prayer is how it's translated. So the English translation often translate this phrase as, and Hashem granted his prayer. In the Hebrew we read, This verse therefore highlights to us the mechanics of response between heaven and earth. That heaven responds to the voice that contains the sound of the breath of Hashem. So this relates to us the power of God's word to move heaven to respond to the voice of our hearts. When we allow our hearts to become enriched with the sound of his living word, we find ourselves speaking the language of heaven. So I'd like to take a guided tour through the word and see how this word atar, which is spelt spelt ayin tav resh in the Hebrew, guides us into a higher expanded view of how prayer functions in our lives to lift us up into the sound of Hashem's voice. So each of my previous podcasts, I've talked about how we are now finding that prayer in all its forms is the process of conversation that draws us up into an ever-expanding awareness and increasing capacity to see the perspective of God. This is exactly what guided the prayer of Yitzhak and Revka, the perspective of Hashem and sound of his voice, guiding them in the way they needed to walk to see more of the reality and witness of heaven in their lives. So if you recall, the word of God to Yitzhak was that he would inherit the covenantal inheritance of his father Avraham, and that that covenantal inheritance would be something that he would pass on to his generations. And so by the statement and the declaration and the witness of God's word to Yitach, he was able to pray. And it was this type of prayer that caused the response of heaven. So what we will find remarkable in our journey in looking into this word atar is how this word guides us into a very simple process of using the voice of Hashem to manifest divine reality in and through our lives. So the first instance of this word occurs in Bereshit 25.21, which is the book of Genesis. 
and sets the procedure of how Hashem responds to the sound of his voice speaking through us. The next two occurrences highlight this process in a remarkable way. So first let's look at Shemot 8.26. So this is the book of Exodus, chapter 8, verse 26. Now in the English translation you will find this in verse 30 of chapter 8. So what does this verse say? Moshe left the presence of Pharaoh and prayed, entreated to Hashem. So we read this in the Hebrew. Vayetzei Moshe me'im paro. Vayitar el Hashem. So Vayetzei, and, and he left Moshe me'im from paro, from Pharaoh. Vayitar and prayed el Hashem, to Hashem. So the context of of this verse is the fourth plague of Hashem in Mitzrayim, the land of Egypt. Depending on your translation, this is either a plague of flies or wild vermin. So what sets this plague as significant is that for the first time we see irrefutable presence of divine decree in the specific language that Hashem instructs Moshe to use. And also this is the first time that Pharaoh promises to capitulate to the demands of Moshe. So look at the language Hashem uses in verses 18 and 19. So again, this in the English translation will be verses 22 and 23. So the first one, And I shall set apart on that day the land of Goshen, that my people stand upon. So Hashem is beginning to make a distinction here. And this is something quite remarkable because this is only possible when divine agency is in play. So the next verse, I shall make a distinction between my people and your people. Tomorrow will this will happen, this sign. So this is the witness of the voice of heaven declaring sovereignty over creation. Moshe brought that sound into the natural realm to display the sovereignty, that the sovereignty of God is absolute. This is why we see this word atah make an appearance here. Moshe was uniting the fusion of heaven and earth as a response to the sound of the voice of Hashem and merely echoed that back to Hashem, the witness of his sovereignty, so that when he, Moshe, prayed, heaven recognized the voice of government that now had a seat within creation through Moshe. So again, we see this mirrored in chapter 10, verse 18, which follows the eighth plague, the swarm of locusts. So look in verse 17 and you will and you will see Pharaoh using the same word, this word atar. In the Hebrew it's vechatiru, where Pharaoh is saying, and you pray for me. <laughs> Effectively, Pharaoh was recognizing that only Moshe had the voice that could cause Hashem to respond. So when we read verse 17 of chapter 10 in English, it reads this, Now therefore forgive my sin, please only this once, and plead 
with the Lord your God, only to remove this death from me. So this word plea that's translated as plead here is this is the Hebrew word vatatiru, which is again has this verb that is spelt with the iron tet resh, which is to pray. And then we look at verse 18, and what does it say in verse 18? So he went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord. Now, it's interesting that the English translate translate this word in verse 17 and verse 18 as plead, but it is the same word. I find this remarkable because Pharaoh was actually learning how to recognize the sound of heaven, recognize the voice of heaven that was in Moshe and asking Moshe to enact the sound of heaven in the way he prayed. So now, let's pause for a moment and consider prayer as not just a movement of sound between two points of origin, but at an even more profound level that this is the movement of breath. Breath moves from heaven into our reality to infuse our environment with the sound of heaven. We hear, we experience that sound, that breath. It permeates our intellect and emotions and becomes seated in our hearts and mind. We then begin to emulate or reflect that breath in the way we think, speak and act. This culminates in our breath rising up to find greater union with the breath of Hashem. Now it stands to reason that this word should somehow reflect this process in its divine function, the way it interacts with us to guide us into greater awareness and perception about this movement upwards, this rising of breath. Now there is a rather remarkable scripture that, that appears in the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 10 where we find again we find this word now it's in a different vowel verb conjugation here and it is pronounced as atarai which is translated in this verb in the English sorry in this verse in the English as my supplicants my worshippers now here's the real amazing thing look at what verse 9 has to say as well so Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 Listen to this. This is this is remarkable. For I will change the nations to speak a pure language, so that they all will proclaim the name Hashem, to worship Him with a united resolve. And then verse ten it goes on to say, From the other side of the rivers of Cush, my supplicants, my worshippers, groups of my scattered ones will bring my tribute and that word there my, my supplicants my worshippers is this word atarai again the root of our verb iron tav resh atar how remarkable is this a pure speech is one that sounds exactly like heaven united in the resolve to worship now look at this look at the book of Israel and look how Ezra prays, which mirrors what happens in Bereshit 25.21, the book of Genesis. Now, Ezra chapter 8, 
Verse 23 is where we find this word again. But beginning in chapter 22 allows us to see the context of how this is used. What does it say in the English? Chapter, uh, verse 22 of chapter 8. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way. Since we had told the king, the hand of our God, Yad Elohinu, is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. And verse 23 goes on to say, So we fasted, and we beseeched our God for this, and he granted our prayers. Vaye atir, vaye atir, our prayers. How is this? How is that for faith in the sound of heaven? To respond to the sound of faith in Hashem. Because this is remarkable. What Ezra is saying here. So the context is that Ezra has been given leave by the king. To return to the land of Eretz Yisrael. To rebuild the temple. And before he goes. He says to the king. What does he say to them? The hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. So he is declaring the sound of heaven into his environment, the witness of what it means to have the favor of Hashem upon our lives. And because of this, it puts him in a rather sticky position because he is saying to the king here, our God is able. Our God is able to bring us to the place of his promise because he is the faithful King Elmelech Naimon. And because he makes this statement to the king, he is now in a position where he doesn't need to ask for protection, even though in the natural this would be something you would do. And so all he has left is to put his faith into practice. And what does it say? So we fasted and we beseeched our God. In other words, God, we have placed our lives in your hand. And he granted their prayers. So what are we able to deduce from these uses of this word? That prayer is an expression of who we know Hashem is and that the beginning of our engagement of his breath is facilitated by his living word. Heaven responds to prayer when that prayer contains the language of heaven, hope, joy, faith, love and the sound of worship. Isn't it amazing how this one word connects us to an unfolding tapestry of wonder to teach us that prayer doesn't need to be complicated, it just needs to sound like heaven. This is what challenges me in regards to my own prayer life. Is it anchored in the word of Hashem? Do I allow my meditation to be centered upon his living word? so that I can learn to observe the depth of its wisdom and have my speech become a chariot for his ways. Baruch Hashem. Shalom, shalom.